Is introversion something we need to get over? We'll talk about it on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. Is everybody ready for the Mind Dog to make it the show? Start the clock! And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. Just got done with a uh, great interview with Mark Farner, one of my one of my heroes, uh, guitar legend, the leader and lead guitar player of Grand Funk Railroad. Now out with uh, Mark Farner's American band. Uh, great, insightful, and fun interview. Meant the world to me, uh, and uh, it was just a, a very special moment. So that. We just actually wrapped that up a, a little bit over an hour ago. It's actually live now on the YouTube channel. It's live on our Facebook page, live on Twitter. Uh, if I'm on Twitter, I actually have been banned from Twitter. But my friend, Nate Kelp, it's on his Twitter page. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. By the way, I got in trouble from, uh, from Facebook today for uh, allegedly threatening Nate Kelp. I would never threaten Nate Kelp. I love Nate Kelp. He's like a brother to me. He's even closer than a brother, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, check out Nate Nate Kelp's Twitter page uh, at, at Kelp Nate. I don't know why they did that to him. Uh, it's not like there's a lot of Nate Kelps in the world. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk about introversion tonight. And you know something really curious? Uh, a week ago, excuse me, uh, allergy season, get it's starting to hit me right now. Uh, I had Vince Bonato, who's a beauty expert uh, on uh, chemist and uh, very involved in the beauty industry. And he was surprised that he was not the first beauty chemist I had on the show. As a matter of fact, I've had three. Excuse me. I ha- I'm going to have to sneeze. Drawing a show. This never happened before. <laughs> All right, it's going to pass. Anyway, so uh, tonight we actually have a guy who's written a book about introversion and overcoming introversion, and oddly enough, not the first guy I've, I've had on who's an, authored a book about introversion and overcoming it. So the challenge for you, my audience, is come up with something that you think I have not discussed previously on the show and challenge me to get a guest that is absolutely unique. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about overcoming introvert introversion. And uh, as many, many of you people may know, uh, it's something that aside from all appearances and, and me being able to uh, have my own podcast and radio show, television show, and perform on stage with the Rockin' 45s, as I will be doing twice this weekend. Uh, I am a, a very shy person by nature and an introvert by nature. So I've had to overcome a lot of introversion on my own without the help of a book. But we're going to uh, have the aid of somebody who, who's been there and written a book about it for those of you who need a little help overcoming it. I suggest just get a podcast and start interviewing people. It'll help you. <laughs> it helps me. Anyway, uh, that's good what the show's going to be about today. Uh, our show tonight is brought to you by audiobooksnow.com. Audiobooksnow.com. Well, you know about audiobooks, right? 
and you also know how convenient they are, and you know uh, that you can find them just about anywhere on the web right now. So what makes audiobooks now different? Well, the answer is simple. Price point, price point, price point. Audiobooks Now Club Pricing Plan is simply the best deal on audiobooks you'll find. It offers the savings and flexibility not found anywhere else with their save-on-everything discounts, rollovers, exclusive offers, loyalty program, incredible selection, and cancel-anytime policy. It simply cannot be beat. Plus, get a free premium audiobook on select titles when you click the link that's in the description. You're going to start a 30-day free trial or at least be offered a 30-day free trial of the audio audio. Uh, Books Now Club Pricing Plan, which is normally $4.99 a month. It's uh, yours to try 30 days, absolutely free. Uh, and if you're not happy at any time, you just cancel. You won't be billed a penny. It's a great deal. With audiobooks, now you save on every audiobook you purchase. They don't hide uh, the cost in gimmicky credits or any, any of that kind of uh, tomfoolery. <laughs> Whether you want to save big through the club pricing plan or simply purchase at everyday low prices, they offer one of the largest selections of audiobooks anywhere. You can download or stream your audiobooks through the website or free apps, and all the apps include in-app purchasing. Audiobooksnow.com. Link is in the description. I do appreciate you patronizing our sponsors. On to the big program. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about introversion. Steve Friedman is the author of In Search of Courage, an introvert story. He's a champion for introversion. He combines his passion for writing, knowledge of introversion, and decades of corporate leadership to guide others through his book on leadership for introverts uh, due out later in 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Steve Friedman to the Mind Dog TV podcast. Steve, welcome. Hello, Matt. How are you? Now, that's not an introvert's uh, <laughs> hello. That was a, a very extroverted uh, greeting, and I'm, I'm well. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm glad to be here. So, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you looking at you now and hearing that response, and, and uh, you're here, you don't seem like an introvert at all at, at first glance or on first meeting. Well, um, I, I'm not sure if I appreciate that or not, but <laughs> right, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. And I think, you know, some of the things that I, I'd love to do today is uh, maybe dispel some of the myths of introversion. Oh, um, you know, your comments are, you know, uh, appreciated. Um, I think back to two different occasions. It make, makes me think about uh, a podcast I was on several months ago, and I chatted with the hostess, um, a little bit before the uh, the podcast started off air, and uh, we were just chatting a little bit. We get on air, and she says, "You know," uh, she introduces me, and she says, "You know, you'll find it hard to believe that he's an introvert because I just had a really nice conversation with him, and uh, we chatted about a lot of things that we have in common." And um, so I uh, we laughed quite a bit about that, but um, you know, I think that introverts. Um, suffer from some of the myths that float around about introversion, right? And so I think a lot of people believe that introverts are antisocial, they only want to be alone, um, and uh, they would rather not be on podcasts or at bars or at dinners or anything like that. And obviously, everybody's different. And so people can span the whole spectrum of introversion and extroversion, um, and so there's no doubt some people struggle with that. But I think the majority of introverts are happy to socialize. You know, I love getting on these podcasts. It, it pushes the envelope for me, no doubt. But I love to get on and talk about um, introversion, about my story and field questions and things like that. Um, but I think the difference between an, 
an introvert and an extrovert in general is that introverts tend to get our energy from within and extroverts tend to get it from outside. So um, a lot of extroverts, you know, will go through um, a long day, a long work week and come Friday, extroverts are ready to go out. They want to go out and party. They want to go spend some time with friends and they just enjoy that. And some of them even want to do it all weekend long. Um, introverts, on the other hand, may not mind a dinner here and there, but we, after an exhausting week, I know I find that I just need a little bit of time to re-energize and recoup. Um, but at the same time, I enjoy um, dinners. I enjoy socializing. Certainly, my uh, definition is probably different from most people. You know, I, my idea, depending on the people that I'm with, is... Um, you know, shorter periods of time and familiar places with familiar people and interesting subjects. So if I'm going to a big um, outing or a work convention or something like that with a lot of people I don't know, and it's a lot of chit chat, I will tell you, I've frozen up in many of those sort of situations. And I've learned over time that is not my bread and butter. And I'm better served by doing uh, meeting a lot of those people in a different way in a smaller forum. So, wow. um, you know, I enjoy uh, getting out and, and meeting people, but it's just different from the way extroverts might approach that. Right. Well, I, that's very different from my experience. And I, I, I think you're right that, uh, you know, a lot of people have a different definition of the word. And how can we really talk about something if we don't, if we're not starting with a common definition of what it is? Maybe I'm not an introvert. Maybe I'm just shy. I don't know if there's a difference there. But I'll yeah. tell you my experience. Uh, I'm very uncomfortable socially in small groups with with people I'm not real. I haven't known for a long time. Once I get to know people, I'm fine with them in, in small groups. But larger groups, I can talk to five thousand people very easily. Mm-hmm. I can talk. I can talk to a million people even easily. More the bigger the the audience is, the more. Yeah. I, I feel uh, confident and, and in my in my zone where if I'm in a small room with somebody and, and, and people, especially people I haven't known for a long time, and we have to make a lot of eye contact and small talk uh, is one of the things that really kind of, oh, do we have to do this? Yeah. Can't we just get to the meat and the potatoes sometimes? And I know sometimes that sets people off. But so right. maybe maybe I'm not an introvert, but that's my experience of, of what uh, what I thought was introversion. Am I wrong? Would I have some something completely different? Well, you've mentioned a few things that are kind of interesting. So uh, shyness and introversion are two different things. Um, I I certainly believe I'm a shy introvert, um, but some people are shy and not introverted, and some people are introverted and not shy. It just depends on the person. Um, introversion generally is something that's in our DNA. So we're kind of born with it. That doesn't mean it's an extreme case or a light case. It just means that it's kind of in our DNA. Shyness tends to develop based on different circumstances. And shyness, more so than introversion, can be overcome, you know, by practice, by learning how to talk in front of people, by uh, getting taking uh, classes like Toastmaster and things like that. We can overcome shyness. Introversion is still there. It's not something we can actually overcome by definition. However, we can learn how to how to do well in social situations or how to be with people or how to manage ourselves in work meetings and things like that, that may initially be uncomfortable. But with practice and learning how to lean on our strengths, then then we can kind of manage that introversion, I would say, and, and use it to our advantage. 
Right. Um, so you may be shy and not an introvert, but it, it, it's actually interesting to, um, you know, I found out that there's a lot of people, maybe similar to yourself, that love to be in front of crowds that are introverts. I mean, some very famous people, lots of speakers, uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, people that get up in front of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and they love it. And right. uh, so everybody is is kind of different in that sort of um uh, venue. That's not really my uh, comfort zone. Maybe that's my shyness kind of overwhelming my um, introversion or vice versa. But um, I think that it. Yeah, there's a lot of definitions out there. Unfortunately, the most frustrating definitions, I think we could probably both agree. If, if you look on uh, dictionaries or thesauruses online, some of the de definitions and synonyms for, for introversion are pretty cruel, narcissistic, loner, hornet, icicle. I mean, you know, they're implying that we can't really function in society. And I think that's that's unfortunate and far from the truth. It but, must have been written by an introvert. <laughs> I mean, an extrovert. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. And probably many years ago, you right. know, a lot of the definitions way back when, which are still around today, seem to imply that, Extrovert is a norm, and I think if you look around in society and work on TV, those tend to be the more common personalities that we would all see. And so introversion is just the opposite. So if extroversion is confident, introverts must not be confident. If extroverts are, are great at parties, introverts must not be. But the reality is we're all different, and we all have our strengths that we bring to the table, just like um, we have uh, things that we're not as comfortable with. Right. Uh, well, I think there's a couple of things to uh, to mention there uh, with regards to that. I think every creative person, uh, and I want to talk in degrees because we, there can be degrees of introversion and extroversion, yeah. right? We yeah. agree on that? Yeah. So I would think every creative person, I mean, by, by that I mean an artist, somebody who is writing music, creating visual art, filmmaking, whatever, uh they take, they require some time for introspection and mm -hmm. some alone time, a lot of alone time. Like you mentioned Lady Gaga. I mean, there's no way that, that she could write as much music as she does if she didn't have a degree of introversion. So that doesn't surprise me. I think every creative person, everybody who a writer, a filmmaker, any of those people have to have some degree of introversion because the work requires uh, you being alone and, and having that, Alone, alone time and, and processing the thoughts and, and the inspiration that you get to put it into art, yes? Yeah, I think that's true. I, I think there's many introverts that don't recognize that, but I think it's true. Um, I, I spent 30 years in corporate America and not a very creative jobs, uh, right. frankly. I mean, very engaging, but not very creative. And only when I retired did I realize that I actually had a creative bone in my body. And um, when I tapped that to learn and practice how to do art or how to read, then it actually was very soothing and comforting to me because as you're, as you're mentioning, many introverts kind of need that time. And when you find that time, then many introverts create amazing works of art or music and things like that. So um, I would certainly encourage other introverts that think they're not creative to just find the right space to, 
to tap into some creativity because it's it's really helpful. And that's that's taking what most people w- would and wrongly I I think you would agree uh, uh, attribute as a weakness introversion. That's taking what most people would think of as a, a, a weakness and turning it into an absolute strength and putting it to work for you. So I think mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of validity in at least that much. Now on the degrees of extrovert mm-hmm. extrovertism, I guess. Um, sure. Uh, it, it actually annoys me and and uh, i can't stand to be in, in rooms where people are really over the somebody who who has to let it be known that they just made an interest with a really loud boisterous here i am uh it puts me in a really bad place and then i become more introverted when i see that it's just like i want to i just want to re- repel from it uh yeah. is that common uh, do you do you feel that and do you think that's part of being an introvert or is that just not just not having much tolerance for boars. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's kind of common amongst extroverts. I mean, again, a wide range and degree. And so not every extrovert is waving the flag as they come in the room. But there's, you know, I've seen a lot of them. I, I, I have learned over time that, um, yes, the frustration that you shared, I, I've shared that same frustration. I've kind of ad- adapted the approach over time that, you know, we're all different and this is something that they just need to do for their own, for their own sense. And it's the way they, they calm themselves, just like I might calm myself by taking a walk or reading a book. And so I I leave it alone. But, you know, that being said, I spent three decades going to a lot of social events and cocktails with extroverts. And the main reason why I didn't like it is because instead of them being kind of inviting, they were intimidating. And it was really uh, hard for me to um, feel comfortable or confident in those situations until I learned some of my my own strengths. Yeah, uh, I, I always think when I when I'm talking about extroverts, I always think of somebody like An- Andrew Dice Clay walking into the room and he's got to, he wants to bully everybody and like, all right, all right, I'm here, that kind of, and uh, that's that's my uh, ultimate like if I had to envision it an extrovert, that's what I would think of. Um, yep. do you, so do you, you think this is a DNA thing? You think we're born, uh, introverts or extroverts and it's not part of our environment. We don't learn it. It's actually in our DNA. Well, I think it's a combination like most things, but yes, I think, and I've read many, uh, many articles and some journals that, that can, that also have the same opinion that it's in our DNA. Now, that being said, there's a wide spectrum as we talked about and, your environment still has an impact. So, you know, let's take my story, for example. So, you know, I grew up, I had three older sisters. They were all very extroverted, loved to, loved to go out. They were, you know, the typical teenagers on the phone all the time with their friends. My mother uh, um, was anxious to kind of nudge me out the door, you know, go, go outside and go play with friends and go play in the neighborhood with your friends and go meet new people at school. And, you know, I think she was actually a closet introvert, but this is the way she approached it. And she had worked, done that with her three um, uh, daughters. And so she nudged me outside. And, um, you know, I had a small group of friends in the neighborhood that we played for a while. But after a while, I was ready to go home. I wanted to go into my room and do my hobbies by myself. And so there, I think, was a defining moment where instead of somebody like my mother embracing that and saying, hey, you know, I understand you like to do these things by yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. 
you know, it's great to read a book. You know, I support that. Tell me more about what you're doing in your hobbies at home. And instead of supporting that, she kind of continued to nudge me out. And so over time, the way I approached that as a little kid, right? So I, I didn't know um, exactly what was going on. But over time, I felt like I was not normal. Right? So <laughs> my sisters were normal. They were the ones that were on the phone and doing the social stuff. I was being nudged to do something different from what I really wanted to do. So I wasn't normal. So that put me on a different trajectory than if, if my mother or somebody had said, you know, those are, those are great things. Let's nurture those. You know, we're not going to stay in all day, but let's nurture those. And, and uh, you know, you're a great person and this is not, this is, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And so that put me on, I would say more of an extreme path, perhaps. I think there are many other introverts that, may have felt like they were supported and embraced and they went down a bit of a different path. Right. Um, the earliest of ages, really. Yeah. Uh, I have the book cover up now and I know of course the people on the audio side can't see the book cover. Uh, but on the book cover, there's a, uh, uh, an image that looks like a paraglider or a parachute. Uh, what is the significance of that? Well, first I'll tell you, I've never paraglided and it scares the crap out of me. So that is definitely not me all bundled up underneath that, that parachute. But um, what, I, what I found um, was that um, I knew I was an introvert from teenage years or so, but I didn't really know what that meant. And um, so over time, I suffered a lot, you know, due to maybe the environment, one could say, but I, I take a lot of responsibility for the fact I didn't learn fast enough and support myself with what I needed and understand my strengths. And only... Toward the end of my work career, did I start to learn? I picked up some books and I, I understood that what introversion truly was and, um, and how I could use the strengths that I had that extroverts didn't really have to try and um, provide a unique perspective in meetings or social events and things like that. So my journey really only over the last five years or so was one of discovery. And so the, the cover to my book it really illustrates a journey that we're all on various journeys. For me, it was a journey of discovery. I was kind of going toward, toward a better place, toward the sunset, toward a place where I could feel more comfortable with myself. I could see the landscape from up high. And, um, but that landscape is hard to see when you're going through it. You know, when I was a teenager or even in my twenties and thirties, I didn't see that bigger landscape. I, it was like the forest for the trees. And all I could see was, were intimidating people, difficult conversations. Uh, as a leader, I was a manager for half of my career. Um, uh, um, stressful sort of spontaneous debates in the hallways that never let me feel comfortable. And so the book itself was a bit of a celebration for me of um, and a therapeutic process that I went through when I was writing the book and actually finding the common thread of introversion in my life and how that um, made some of my struggles really difficult and unhealthy. And then also how I kind of dug myself out of that and found my way to a much better place in my life. And so the cover is a bit of my journey. I've never been so happy the way, 
my instinct was this might be a stupid question to ask, but the way it turned out and the answer that I got to what I was afraid might be a, a dumb question was actually a very good question and came out to uh, give us a lot of important information about the meaning of it. So, man, I got lucky with that one. <laughs> I apologize to the people at home for uh, I've never been hit with allergies during a show like this before. It's happening right now. Allergy season. I guess I'm allergic to eight o'clock all of a sudden again. I used to be for years, years and years until I started doing the podcast at eight, and then it went away. But usually, if I'm on stage or uh, doing something like this, all that stuff goes away until that's over. But right now, I'm I'm feeling it pretty bad. I'm getting hit like somebody hit me in the face with a bag of pollen. Anyway, for the folks on the audio side especially, the name of the book is In Search of Courage, An Introvert Story, and it's available at www.beyondintroversion.com, and the link's in the description, so I just want to make that clear. It's about time we uh, kind of uh, link to that. Now, you, you, you talked about strengths that you have that introverts might have that extroverts definitely don't have. Can you, can you give us examples of what those are? Sure. So... Um, so one of the things you'll find on my website is besides the book, I've really over the last two years kind of dove in and, and uh, found the opportunity to connect with a lot of people. So that was honestly not my intention when I wrote the book. I didn't even know if I would publish the book. I wanted to write a book just to kind of get those connections out. And but then I found that I was not alone. Right. I, I kind of grew up thinking I was alone. It's amazing when you suddenly take the shades off and you realize, oh, there's a lot of people that are dealing with the same sort of things. <laughs> and uh, so I, I kind of modified the book to try and reflect the fact that there's a lot of people that have a similar story, a different story. But there's you know half the people in the world roughly are introverts. So, you know, there's many people going through similar struggles. Some are young and some are you know old. And, and uh, so um, when I wrote the book. I really tried to kind of bring that through in the in the website that you mentioned uh, beyondintroversion.com since writing the book or even before I wrote the book, I started um, writing a blog. So every week I have an article um, on some aspect of introversion, whether it's um, how to cope in difficult situations or at work or social events. I have guest bloggers on that provide new perspectives and I get a lot of comments and feedback from a lot of the audience. One of the things we've done over the last year is um, put out there an introvert talent um, survey where they take uh, they answer uh, about 30 questions and we provide back a score and also a lot a, a pretty good report on what are their strengths based on the, the survey and um, how can they use and grow those strengths. And so. Um, now, again, everybody's different. So an introvert is not an introvert is not an introvert. But um, what we found with over 1,200 people taking the quiz is there's a lot of trends, a lot of common strengths that we have that, frankly, a lot of extroverts don't have. And so we need to kind of stand tall on those strengths and how can we use those to manage, say, cocktail hours or meetings um, in a more natural way instead of trying to conform to what we think we're supposed to do. Um, for me, one of my biggest strengths is, is planning or preparation. So introverts, um, as you mentioned earlier, we tend to be pretty introspective. We're inside our head, maybe too much in, in many cases, but it allows us to think through a lot of things and plan forward. And so we're generally very structured. 
Um, we also can help, you know, that's for good short term stuff like meetings that are coming up. So I found that once I started preparing for meetings, I was in much better um, shape to do well in those meetings and participate in those meetings. Whereas if I was just going into a meeting uh, and, and I had impromptu questions thrown at me and I didn't know what the topics were, I fumbled around and felt like it was just a, a, a fight in a ring. And so using that preparation really helped. Um, creativity you mentioned earlier. So a lot of introverts tend to hide their creativity. That's something I do at home. But actually, if you can bring that creativity to the workplace, then you are providing a very unique insight into a work problem or an idea that most extroverts, they just don't, they aren't wired that way, just like we're not wired the way they are. And the businesses need that creativity. Um, another one of the uh, very common strengths is thoughtfulness or empathy. So um, many introverts tend to be pretty um, caring in part because we're, we're typically very good listeners and observers. You know, most of us would rather listen and, and watch the room than actually speak all the time. And, uh, and, and sometimes we feel like we haven't done ourselves justice in a meeting, for instance, or a social event where we're just listening, but actually we pick up a lot of ideas. We see what other people are doing. It's a unique perspective. And if we, instead of just doing that, if we actually use that to um, then provide our observations back into the room or to think of uh, problem solving techniques because we've observed what the dynamics are in the room and what the issue truly is and maybe both sides of an issue, then those are dynamics that really help um, meetings to progress and teams to grow. And um, so I'm finding more and more that businesses are starting to recognize that, but it's a really slow process. So those are some of the strengths that introverts, many introverts bring to the table, but oftentimes either don't know about those or they don't lean on them. Very cool stuff. I, I love it. I love it. Um, so um, <clears throat> I was fascinated by the, the quiz page on your on your website. By the way, uh, who who came up with those? Were those uh, did were those something you you got from from some other study group, or did you prepare those and, and come up with the data and 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 what the meaning means and and how to score them and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, that that's uh, my creation. So I I. Uh, prepared them. I tested them with a group of people kind of to see how they felt. And then we got the results and, and went back to the respondents and said, does this match with what you thought? Which sometimes the answer is no, I never realized that. But generally people have said, yeah, I can see that. And then um, provided a lot of the kind of how to use and grow techniques in the background. But um, yeah, I mean, one of the things, you know, we talk about introspection and I think um, introverts tend to be very analytical. So it's kind of right up my alley um, of things that I enjoy doing. Um, and unfortunately got into a, it, there's a pretty complex sort of algorithm in order to uh, tabulate the results. It's not a simple, um, simple process, but I think that's what makes it interesting and why so many people have taken it is because they find that um, answering really very few questions provides some pretty unique insights into who they are and, and what they can do now this is really interesting for me and i'm not uh proposing this by any means but it seems like it might be an application for this stuff and you'll let me know if, if i'm on the right track here yeah. but uh, have 
going through these quizzes and and getting that kind of personality test and just and finding out where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are and all that stuff that might be something that a a uh, HR person or somebody doing some hiring wa- would want to know in order to be placing the right people in the right positions. Like not every position is meant for, for an introvert. Not every position is meant for an extrovert. I think I obviously, I think uh, if your business is sales and cold calling, I would think extroversion is, is probably something uh, that is very desirable in there, but there are positions where introversion is very desirable. Uh, c- could that be a useful tool for HR people in placing people in the right, making sure people are in the right positions. Yeah, I, I think that you're onto something there. I'm glad you brought up the kind of typical introvert, extrovert sort of roles in, inside of media, uh, businesses like salespeople. I think the, the value of the quiz in a work environment is to understand what those strengths are and how they might be applied. You know, it won't tell you you're, you would be a great salesperson or you would be a great accountant or anything like that. but you know, actually, similar to the um, the myth that introverts are not great in uh, on the stage or presenting. I mean, you, you dispel that every day, and and a lot of people do. That um, there are many introverts that are actually great salespeople, but what it what it takes is um, the introvert themselves to understand what their strengths are and try and use their strengths. And it does um, require their leadership, which is usually going to be an extrovert to give them some space or rope to to um, be a salesperson in their own way, because what they what many good introverts do that are, are really good at sales is they lean on the empathy. So they you know, they're probably not the guy to go into a cocktail with 100 people and, and make friends and take 50 business cards away. Not really going to happen. However, they might be excellent at meeting with a few people, developing a really deeper relationship, skipping the chit chat, and let's really get down to what's your issues and how can I help serve your issues? And so some of the best salespeople are introverts. No, um, I, could, I could see that. That's why I did qualify it with saying if you're in a sales position that requires a lot of cold calling. I think cold yeah. calling to, to most introverts would be an anxiety button. It's be like you, you got to contact somebody you don't know all day long. You're going to be talking to people you never met before. This is the first time you're meeting them. That's your job all day, every day is meeting people you never met before uh, yeah. in a one-on-one intimate type of uh, con- contact. Uh, that might be a little against the, the nature of introversion, I would think. Oh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I would say <laughs> probably if if we took a poll, the vast majority of salespeople, successful salespeople are extroverts. Um, but those that um, that have the interest for that should not say, I've had a lot of people say, hey, I'm a salesperson. You know, am I in the wrong job? Should I, should I switch out of this and go do something in IT or in accounting or something like that or, or writing books or whatever? And the answer is, it depends. You know, I mean, if, if you feel like you love it and, and that you have the ability to do it your way, then maybe that's your calling. It just right. depends on, on what you're interested to do and what your strengths are and how you use them. Now, earlier you said uh, approximately half the world are introverts. Yeah. Uh, if I heard you correctly, and I'm not sure that that you actually uh, suggested this, but your your sisters were uh, extroverts. Yeah, yeah, very so, so then, definitely. So then, within families, you can have people are both introverted and extroverted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, 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 you can that's, have people with brown eyes and green eyes. 
So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, various different degrees. My sister, my the youngest sister, the one closest to me in age, and I, we talk about it a lot because she is a classic extrovert. She might not be an Andrew Dice Clay, but she she loves to go <laughs> hopping from social to social. Um, yeah. And, you know, she approaches um, a social event where she doesn't really know many people. And she says, you know, I'm excited to go because I never know who I'm going to meet and what I'm going to learn which I think is a great approach, right? For me, I mean, I, I'm happy to to go to um, socials where I probably know somebody and then I can branch off from there. Um, so it's a very different approach and it was all in the, within the same household. And maybe because I was uh, the little boy in a room of, of, or a house of four kids, I felt maybe an added pressure to, to be like them. Yeah, interesting stuff. So yeah. uh, did because my... Uh, I'm always excited to learn new things, but to to be honest with you, I'm I want to know in advance what I'm going to be learning. I mean, I'd be really, you know, it, it's hard for me to adjust. Though, I, I, is that like part of it? I guess the adjustment phase of of uh, being able to just go with the flow of whatever whoever comes into your being at that time. I it, to me, what your sister described is just going to a party and you never knew who you're going to meet or what you're going to learn from them. It'd be like having a show and not knowing who to guest with and mm-hmm. I, I, or, or what uh, what at all we were going to talk about. That would be a little intimidating. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah, I, yeah I, I think that's. Um, I think introverts typically love to learn. You know, sometimes that's reading and things where we can do a lot of learning by ourselves. We've probably all learned that a bit over the last year. But um, but I think you're exactly right. Spontaneity is not necessarily our our strength. And so being in in debates that we didn't know were going to happen or issues that come up without any forewarning are um, can be very challenging. And I've I, uh, I think the best thing to do is, is go into listening mode and, um, and when it's practical to say, you know, I just need a little bit of time to, to think about that. Or if you're going to a social or a work environment or a meeting to try and understand, okay, who's going to be there? Do I know some of the people that are going to be there? I could even go on social media and learn a little bit about them so I could at least have some idea of what's going on. I can prepare my my list of questions in my head or even on a piece of paper that I shove in my, my pocket of things I want to talk about or ask. So I'm at least a little prepared instead of being ca- caught uh, flat-footed because like you, uh, that's not an area I'm comfortable with at all. Yeah, I like to, I like to I just uh, feed my curiosity, not really be all that prepared or, or you know, um, necessarily uh, have any talking notes or things I want to ask a person. I just want to know a general what the topic is and then get curious about it. Feed my curiosity before I dive into something. But um, has has being an introvert in your professional career in your in your in the corporate world has it ever played to your benefit without you being really conscious of it at the time? In other words, you're thinking, well, my introversion helped me get that promotion. My introversion helped me uh, be successful at, at this task or whatever. But has it, has it ever played to a success, uh, uh, played to your success without you really being aware of it until you wrote the book? Uh, that's a great question. And I would have to say the answer is probably no. But it's not because I'm an introvert. It's, I think, because for most of my career, I was an introvert 
with pretty low self-confidence. I was very aware that I was an introvert, but I wasn't aware of the strengths that we talked about earlier or how to use them. Instead, I was an introvert who was subjected to the myths of society, right? And so, and I was surrounded by largely a, a group of extroverts in the office or so it seemed. And so, so I was an introvert who felt like I had to either conform or I couldn't compete with other people. I couldn't get airtime in meetings. I couldn't think on my feet. And, and, and so I did, certainly didn't think it was a positive thing. O only later and pretty late in my career did I um, learn some of the things that we've already talked about and start to apply those. And when I did, I felt like, man, this is, this is great, right? I mean, I, I had spent most of my career not only pretending, which was very is very unhealthy for anybody, um, but it also you know didn't really promote um, what I could bring to the table or to be a, a team leader, but trying to fake it was not creating the strongest teams. But once I realized, hey, this is this is the way I do things, and I think it you know it can work. I can I can be a thoughtful, empathetic leader without jumping up and down and waving my pom poms. And when I actually sat back and did that, then we created some fantastic teams that worked well together and supported each other. And my health improved dramatically because of it. So I don't think it's that an introvert is, is disadvantaged in a workplace. I just think it's how you deal with that and the level of self-confidence you bring to the table, which is, is generally tough for introverts until they, until they go through a bit of learning. Yeah, it, it seems to me that if I think about, and I wasn't in corporate America all that much, but I did uh, some stints there, some short stints of five and seven years here and there in different corporations. But I, 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 I hated those huge meetings. And so in those huge meetings, I would usually be quiet, but the, uh, the senior executives in the room would know, would notice me being quiet and, in their minds, that meant I was being thoughtful, and I was being thoughtful. But they did, they concluded that whether it was right or wrong, and and basically sometimes they it it resulted in them seeking my counsel outside of the meeting, knowing that oh, this is a guy who's who's sitting there taking mental notes. He's he's watching everything. He's he's strategizing. He might have some solutions, but he's not going to offer them up in a room full of loudmouths and 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 bully extroverts. Uh, so maybe I should uh, go to him offline. And in many cases, it did. Uh, end up in my solutions being implemented and it ended up in getting me promotions that and people were like oh, wow how did that happen in, in some cases but in some ways it, it it did play to my success uh with that not unconsciously subconsciously or whatever but it, it wasn't something i had planned on but in some ways it did and end up being my benefit but you can't necessarily strategize make that a strategy i'm just going to go in and be quiet and and, and yeah. they're going to notice me that's, that's a tough strategy to adopt it's curious yeah i think in all things like it especially like when people start arguing in politics these days where you know it gets really crazy i i'm like to say i think the world needs both sides i think the world needs uh, conservatives and liberals and i think there's a place for all of them in making things function and i would say the same thing of introverts and, and, and extroverts yeah, they, they, we need them both right the world can't exist yeah. with, without yes I, I completely agree i get frustrated because if you go online you can see a lot of 
a lot of forums, obviously, and some people inside of introvert forums will, you know, think extroverts are, are the devil, right? Right. I mean, we're all different. We all need to be respectful. But yes, the world needs both of us. But the key, whether it's politics or personalities, is that we actually communicate and work together. Right. Um, and that um, if we do that, we're going to come up with better solutions. Right. Um, the, the thing that, and I'm sure you probably uh, have come across this or may have anyway, the idea of that introversion is something you should be cured of almost <laughs> it's almost like it's a disease or something have you heard that because i have yeah yeah i've heard that i've heard you know uh have you gotten rid of it even some introverts or you know or, or people will say you know I, I used to be an introvert well i mean you are but you might have learned how to how to manage it or how to not overcome it but use your strengths that you always had um to manage situations better but yeah, I think there's there's this misunderstanding, not just by extroverts in the world, but by introverts as well. And until we really understand that, it's hard for hard for um, all the introverts to kind of stand up and say, "Hey, I I have something to bring to the table here." Right. And uh, so I think that's that's a, a path that I think only recently has has opened up in a lot of cases, and still hasn't opened up in others. I mean, we talked about introverts are about 50% of society today and generally 50% of most workplaces. But um, I was reading an article in Forbes and they said that um, upper management, uh, people that say they're introverts is about 2% of senior management in the many companies they polled and only about 7% of frontline supervisors in the groups that they polled. I mean, it's 50%, yet very few, very few are, are actually leaders. Yet some of the things that we talked about earlier, creativity, uh, thoughtfulness, balanced approach to things, those are some of the very traits that a lot of meetings, you've, you've been in corporate meetings, you know, a lot of people um, that are listening probably have as well, that those meetings need a balance. I'm not saying we should take all extroverts out of the room because that would be going in the opposite direction, but we need to have a balanced discussion and so we need more introverts to, to um, be provided the opportunity and also have the confidence to step up and take those opportunities and companies will be better for it and, and social events will be better for it, actually. And uh, so it's, it's a slow road, I think, in that area. And when I think of the, some of the most uh, successful CEOs, I think, uh, like if, if I look at Jeff Bezos, for instance, I think mm -hmm. he's he's probably an introvert. He does he doesn't seek the spotlight much at all. And yeah. I know I know he uh, from studying him that he has worked a lot on his own, especially in the early days of Amazon. He built that company basically working around the clock in his garage by himself. Uh, I would I don't think in it. I think that would drive an extrovert crazy. <laughs> well, probably so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the new book, uh, it, it's what is it called? It's called Leadership Guide to Others, uh, uh, Leadership for Introverts. Is well, that is that at done? At this point, it's, uh, it's actually um, officially untitled, but it's coming out in the fall, and it's going to be a, a guide for introverts um, in leadership. So it is really talking about some of the things that we've talked about. How can introverts um, reach their true ambitions and goals in, in, in corporate world, especially? 
And I think a lot of people, introvert or extrovert, kind of, you know, we have our dreams of what we want to do, the level we want to be, the kind of impact we want to have on the business or the community. And for a lot of introverts, that can be overwhelming. You know, I can't imagine how I could be in that sort of position, uh, especially given the frustrations that I have just going into a meeting. Um, but we can't, We it's great to have those ambitions and goals, but we have to start from the grassroots level of learning about ourselves and really nurturing ourselves to be who we can be. Learn about our strengths, nurture them, practice them, use them. And then when we do that, then we um, start to stretch ourselves and become more confident and uh, and become the leader that many introverts want to be. I call them ambitious introverts because uh, not every introvert or extrovert wants to be a leader or, or a manager, but um, those ambitious ones that feel like they just can't do it because they are have so many obstacles in front of them. Uh, that's what the book is about, is trying to uh, provide them with some guidance on how to um, manage those situations, do well with them, and um, be able to lead in their unique way and help grow leaders in a more balanced way within their groups. Interesting stuff. So is it fair to say that um, you found a new passion in your life in, in, in authorship <laughs> beyond you know, the corporate world? Yeah, I, I, I consider that I'm a late bloomer. <laughs> you know, there, there are people that know, you know, from their earliest days, before they were teenagers, some of these people will say, oh, I always knew I wanted to do this. Um, I would say, no, I was a very, very late bloomer. I mean, I, I had a great um, corporate career. Um, there were very challenging points, but I certainly don't regret the choices that I made along the way. And it, and it develops me to who I am. Like, you know, we all have our story. But um, yeah, in the last five years, I've found a, a passion. Wasn't sure what I was going to do when I retired, but I found a passion. I, I love to write. I used to write when I was a kid and then got swallowed up by... Um, by the corporate world and really didn't write, um, you know, for pleasure or books like this um, for decades. And I thought I would go back and, and kind of check it out. But I would say even more than writing is a new passion for me is just the opportunity to empower other introverts to um, uh, shed the shell that they had that I had for decades. And I and really my greatest focus is on the younger people, you know, people in their teens or people that are getting ready to graduate college or they're new to the corporate world and they feel like, oh, this is overwhelming and intimidating that, you know, I think back if I had those, if I knew now, knew then what I know now, you know, and if they could <laughs> learn some of those um, experiences and break out of that shell and become the confident, um, successful leader that they want to be in their 20s instead of in their 50s then what a what a great life that is so that's, awesome, that's awesome. yeah and so it's great to have a, a a legacy like that and and yeah. build towards something but on the uh subject of authorship late in life lot i i've over the last 500 episodes or so i've interviewed interviewed over 150 authors and several of them uh have I want to say many, but several. We'll put it there that several have started late in life, and one of them is a comedian, a semi-famous comedian. I don't want to mention his name, but uh, I asked him about this, uh, about the idea of becoming an author late in life, and he said, "Well, it's one of the few things you can do 
late in life. You can't become a rock star late in life, but becoming an author late in life, all it will require is, is uh, you, you and your thoughts and have good thoughts and, and tell a good story. So um, yeah. it, it's it's interesting stuff. Well, I often, all, the show is often about finding purpose, and uh, and I'll see if you agree with this. And I my theory is that most of the people who are walking around miserable, whether uh, – they work in a corporate world and, and go to a cubicle every day or a nice big office or or if they work in a blue collar job uh, and for some small company, whatever it is, they, the reason they're miserable is because their job, what they do with their life is not connected to what they see their purpose as. Yeah. So that, that's kind of why I asked if, if you found new purpose for your life. And it appears that that you have in that mission to uh, spread the message that you found, spread that info, self-education that you've had about your own introversion to younger people who might use it to empower themselves at a younger age. So you found your purpose in that, yes? Yeah, I, I agree. My wife um, said two things that really stick with me and I think I think apply. When I first started to write and I also knew that I was going to retire, um, she said pretty quickly, you know, I've never seen you so relaxed. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's true. I mean, you don't know the stress you're under at work. I mean, it's work, but you don't know the stress you're under until you actually don't have it anymore. And, you know, you don't have to worry about those difficult meetings or whatnot. And so, you know, that was very true. And then the other thing she tells me is she thinks I'm, you know, one of the busiest retired people that she knows. And I said, well, you know, I think that, that uh, speaks to exactly what you said. I, I have a passion for what I'm doing right now. I love it. I learn a lot about introversion, about writing books, about publishing and all that sort of stuff. So it, it quenches my desire to, to do that, but it also gives me an opportunity to, to learn more about myself, but also to um, connect with other people in a way that I'm comfortable with. Right. So it's not this, it's very different from walking into a big cocktail or convention that I had to do so many times when I can connect with, with people in my way and see that I make a difference. So um, yeah, that makes it pretty exciting. And, you know, I think like a lot of people, they retirement approaches and they're worried about what are they going to do to fill their time? Or, you know, I'm going to golf all day or fish, but you know, I, I didn't, I don't golf or fish. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do until I landed on, on this and I, couldn't be happier. So I'm glad you did. I asked that question knowing that what my experience has been exactly the same. My wife told me I'd never seen this part of you, this side mm -hmm. of you before. And, and she, she forbid me to ever go back and take another job again. She yeah. said, you know, you're a whole different person now. So my question was going to be as your wife, <laughs> uh, has she commented that you're a different person since you, you found this this purpose for your life and, and i think it's a common thing uh so and that's really why i started the show originally was uh because of an incident i had where I, a guy i was selling i was buying an amplifier from a guy off of craigslist and uh he, he gave me the story about you know he he told me i was living the dream and i laughed in his face uh not to be rude but i I just like you don't know my life and he stopped me he said listen i always wanted to play in a band but i i'm 69 years old i'm retiring i'm selling you my amplifier that means i'm never going to play in a band and i thought my thought at that time is well well why don't you play in a band <laughs> you know you're 60 you're retiring he, that's the best i, I think the, the point is you know 
retirement is nice, but you got to still do something with your life or else you, you're just going to waste away. You have to have some yeah. kind of purpose. Beyond, when, you, when, when you give up the corporate or the cubicle or where, wherever you were, you, st- you have to fill that void with new purpose. And if it is a purpose that give, gives your life meaning, all the more better. It's going to drive you, keep you young longer and keep you healthier longer and keep you going and something to strive for. So a reason to get out of bed every day, right? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, about the same time I started uh, writing, I was talking to my father who's who's since passed, but um, he passed away when in his mid 80s. And I was um, at home with him talking about, you know, you know, just what's going on and do you have any regrets from your life? And, um, you know, he paused and he thought for, for just a second and he said, you know, I, I wish I had um, gone to New York. So he grew up in, he grew up in New York for a while, but he relocated down to Alabama where I grew up and um, he loved to play the clarinet. And he played, you know, throughout high school. He was first chair at the university. He was a really fabulous clarinetist. And he dreamed of going to Juilliard. And um, and that was going to be his career. He wanted to be a clarinetist. And um, but lo and behold, you know, his father owned a store and he got the call to come back and and uh, work in the store. And then he had a family that he had to support and he never went back. I remember, you know, some of the sweetest times as a child when he was playing the clarinet in the house, but he never got out of the house to play in a band or in a symphony or anything like that. And, you know, so when I asked him that at 85, it didn't take him long to say, you know, I I wish I had tried that because I never know, you know, and here he is, you know, and he passed away, never knowing if he could have made it. And I thought that was really impactful. And he did some fabulous things in his life and he was a great father. Um, but I felt like, you know what, um, I, I don't want to be sitting there in my 80s feeling like I didn't try what I wanted to try. And especially as an introvert, some of those things are difficult, right? I, it's a lot easier for me to stay inside, close the door, <laughs> read a book and turn on the TV and do nothing. But you know what, I'm sure I'll have a lot of regrets if I do that. And uh, so I think, you know, introvert or extrovert, it's never too late to pick up that amplifier and it's never too late to, to, to do things that are on your list um, rather than regret them when you're close to the end. Right. Have you uh, I, I had the rewarding experience of somebody coming to you uh, or writing to you or however they've contacted you and saying, uh, thank you for writing the book. It, it's changed my life and helped me. Oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, truly that's, um, you know, that's what makes a, a difference. And that's that's what really kind of drives me to um, do what I'm doing. Right. So um, it, I wish that I had somebody that might have nudged me a little bit when I was younger and said, hey, you know, think about this a little bit and maybe it would have changed my life. Not that I've had a bad life, but I, I could have done without a few less scars along the way. Well, I think all of us could. And that's that's the you know, uh 
finding that out and helping younger people is a, is a very noble thing. It's finding, these are the struggles I went through. These are I'm sharing these with you for your benefit and if it can make your ride a little easier. I think that's a really noble thing to do. So thank you for that. The book thank is you. called In Search of Courage, an Introvert Story. It's by Steve Friedman. It's available at beyondintroversion.com. The link's in the description. Uh, I hope people will give it a chance, and especially if you're an introvert, why not give it a chance? I'm looking forward to taking the quizzes on the site. Uh, I just found out about them briefly before this this show, but I did not have time to take them before. But I'm looking forward to seeing what my results are. Uh, Steve, thank you for this time. I wish you great great success. And when the next book comes out, when you're ready to publish it, please do come back and let's let us help you promote it when it's when you're ready to bring it to market. Thanks, Matt. I certainly will. I appreciate it. So I appreciate you. Thanks for talking. I appreciate your time here. Have a great night and bye for now. Whoa. Uh, Steve Friedman, folks. I doubled on the button, put them in and out, in and out. Uh, good stuff there and interesting stuff. And uh, I think it's a, you know, a, a great pursuit and, uh, uh, you know, to be able to kind of have some kind of legacy and, and leave the world a better place. That's what it's all about, man. Uh, adding to adding something positive to the world and rather just sitting here taking so uh hats off to him even though i'm not wearing a hat hats off to him uh and uh good for him and uh, i'm glad, glad to know him and a good guy and uh and check out his website in this book now uh tomorrow rachel king will be with us another author uh meet the author at that's at 1 p.m rachel kling i'm sorry and her uh authorship is about um aikido and how aikido has uh, changed her life and and giving her almost um, I want to say a sense of religion, peace, whatever it is, uh, faith, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, helped with her well being mentally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, let's put it that way. Rachel Kling, uh, we're going to be talking about Aikido, her life as an Aikido master, and then tomorrow night at eight p.m. the big five hundredth anniversary, five hundredth episode show and not an anniversary anniversary is every year we haven't been here for 500 years folks but 500 episode uh celebration tomorrow at 8 p.m that's a call-in show uh and the number will be public for people who want to call in people who are patrons on the patreon page will have a link to join the live stream should be a fun night maybe maybe not so much fun we'll see what happens anyway that's at 8 p.m tomorrow uh till then i'm matt napa from the mind dog tv podcast thank you for joining me tonight have a great rest of your night and bye for now
Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.